Good morning, everyone. Isn't it a beautiful day today? I always love these windows that Mitch selected for us many years ago. It really lets the light come through here. It really looks nice. But don't look out the window during the sermon, though. <laughs> I want to welcome all our visitors today and know that you are our honored guest. And Jason, thank you very much for the song selection. It was uh, just about perfect. Um, I think some of us remember uh, Mr. Rogers. He's the guy that has uh, quite a sweater collection. He'll come in wearing a sweater, and the first thing he does is hang that sweater up and put another one on. But he was always talking about it being a beautiful day in the neighborhood. And he brought people together by, by speaking on a range of topics and these topics, you know, were mostly aimed for children, helping them handle the situations of life. Things like death, competition, divorce, war, and on many occasions he talked about anger. He created, or at least tried to create, a neighborhood where people were together. He brought people together. And our goal as Christians is to bring people together in the knowledge of Jesus. And we do that by being a wonderful neighbor. It's not always easy to do, but we want to talk about that a little bit today. Now the Bible shows that there are two great commandments and you're all familiar with those. The first commandment is to love God with all your being. And the second commandment it's to love our neighbors as ourselves. So how do we show that we love our neighbors? Well, one way is to look out for the needs of our neighbors. So how do we do that? Let's look at the source for all the information of life. What does the Bible say about looking out for the needs of others? Well, it has a lot to say about that. And we know that all of us at one time or another have needed help. And if you haven't, you're very fortunate, but I assure you, you will in your lifetime. When we're in that situation, we want help, don't we? Now, perhaps we were too proud to ask for it, but we knew we needed help, and when someone did come and help, we were grateful for it. So regardless of our status in life, we are to look out for the needs of others. And the famous parable, which John read for us, the parable of the Good Samaritan, is a lesson about being a good neighbor. So let's look at this parable and some other scriptures that give us some insight into how we can be a good neighbor. So how much importance does God place on being a good neighbor? That's kind of enlightening when you think about it. Matthew 22, uh, verses 37 through 40. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
Matthew 7, 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And then, of course, Romans 13, 9 through 10. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet. And if there's any other commandment, are all summed up in this and thus saying, namely, you shall not, or you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So God puts a lot of importance on that, doesn't he? Love does no harm to your neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So since this is the second great commandment, Christ is saying that we are to treat others the way we want to be treated, and when dealing with people, we need to stop and think, how would we want to be treated? And then treat them that way. Easier said than done sometimes, I know. But if you think about it, of the Ten Commandments, the last six can be summarized as this second great commandment have to do with your neighbor. So let's delve into this a little deeper. What should motivate us to be a good neighbor? Well, 1 John 3.17 tells us, but whoever does this world's goods, or whoever has this world's goods, and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? Think about that. Luke 10, 33. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So a person must have compassion. If he or she wants to be able to genuinely help others, Human beings have a natural compassion, but too often we shut our eyes and our hearts to the needs around us. Unfortunately, that's how society is today. But we're different, aren't we? We're Christians. We've got to remember that. We have to seek to reverse that trend, and we should ask God to give us his love and the deeper compassion as Christians that comes through his Holy Spirit. So who specifically is our neighbor? What does the Bible say about that? That's kind of enlightening too. Let's first look at the Old Testament. Deuteronomy 10, 17 through 19. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you are strangers in the land of Egypt. We were strangers at one time, too. Now let's look at the New Testament. 
Matthew 5, 43 through 48. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just, and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Think about that. Do not even the tax collectors do the same? It's a good time of year to talk about tax collectors, isn't it? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? They sure use that a lot, tax collectors. Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. There's some instruction. Again, hard to do. But that's our goal. Anyone and everyone is our neighbor, friends, strangers, enemies alike. We are to treat them all the way we want to be treated. So what lessons can we learn from the parable of the Good Samaritan? Of course, in Luke chapter 10, 25 through 37. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Of course, then he asked, Who is his neighbor? And he gives him the example uh, which John read to us of the Good Samaritan. And the Good Samaritan saw someone in need. He had compassion. He could have very easily done like the others did and continued on his way, but he stopped when he saw a man in need. And next, the Samaritan temporarily put his needs on hold so he could assist this man who needed help now. Not later, he needed help now. The Samaritan sacrificed his time and his money to help this stranger. And here's the important part. Finally, the Samaritan departed after he helped, made no scene about the good deed he had done. That's important, isn't it? You do these things, it becomes part of your life. It's just routine. You don't expect anything in return. You live that way every day. So this leads us to what state of mind do we need to be in to be a good neighbor? Of course, the Bible has some things to say about that too, doesn't it? In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 4. 
Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. That means you have to have humility. So humility is needed to be a good neighbor. We can't be selfish. We need to think about others and their needs. If our minds are focused on others and not just ourselves, we will be able to help others when we come across someone that needs help. So what else is required to be a good neighbor? Well, the Bible has some more words for us. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2, or chapter 3 rather, verse 28. Proverbs 3, verse 28. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come back and tomorrow I will give it. When you have it with you right now. So don't put them off. Usually a person in need needs help right now. Of course, Matthew 5, 14 through 16 gives us some advice as well. And this is really good advice for a Christian. We should be living this way. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be seen or cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Because remember, you are an ambassador to Christ. And if you are a good neighbor, your neighbors are going to want to be good neighbors too. You're going to be influencing those people to Christ. So we should always think about that. That's our main job. 1 John 3.18 tells us, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And James 1.27, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So in order to be a good neighbor, you've got to take action. You can't just feel like you're a good neighbor or that you're good. You've got to do something. And this kind of reminds us of the, uh, I think it's a Geico commercial, where you go to the dentist and it says you've got a really bad cavity. And the patient says, okay, fix it. Well, I don't do that. I'm just the monitor. You know, you've got to go to another dentist to get that done. So... When we see something or someone in need, we have to take care of it. And perhaps the need is just simply opening the door for someone, offering an encouraging word to someone who's depressed or maybe a fatherless son needs to go fishing, or someone's car is stuck. I mean, you've all been through this. There are all kinds of examples, and I'm sure you have all helped, helped those in need. So you're very experienced with this. But we need to, to live this kind of life and just try to always be like that. Because remember, we are Christians. We are the salt of the earth. 
And also, we know that the Bible lists lots of things, lots of good works that Christ did. But there are hundreds and hundreds more of them that are not listed there. Otherwise, the book would be so thick we couldn't pick it up. But we are told to follow his example in 1 John 2, 6. So, in closing, let me talk about what a good neighbor shouldn't do. So we know what we should do. What shouldn't we do if we want to be a good neighbor? Leviticus 19.18 You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. Proverbs 3.29 do not devise evil against your neighbor, for he dwells by you for safety's sake. He's trusting you. God doesn't want us to think evil about our fellow man. And we're not to try to get even, hold grudges or anything like that. He doesn't want us to be glad when something bad happens to them either. And I know that's hard to do in traffic and things like that, but, but we've got to do it as Christians. So what does God say will happen to those who help others in this life? Proverbs 19:17 Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord. You don't think about that, do you? When you're helping the poor, you're helping the Lord. And he will repay him for his deed. Luke 6:38 Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So God takes notice of those who help others. He says that when we give to others, we will be repaid. But this is not our motivation for serving. Blessings won't always come immediately, but in time God will make sure good things will happen to us. And the more sincere and wholehearted we are, and remember God knows our heart, the more blessings will follow. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8. So what does God say will ultimately happen to those who love their neighbors as themselves? Luke 14, 12 through 14. Then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So, when we help others in need, God says our ultimate reward will be becoming his children and being children that he will be proud of. So, although we may think of the good deeds as merely helping our fellow man and woman, God sees it as helping him. So, let's always remember that. He wants us to 
to be good neighbors. And if you haven't already started in that course, well, let's start today. Pay attention to what's going around you, going on around you. Talk to people and get to know them. Especially when we have visitors. The more you know them, the more you can help them. Make it a daily habit to treat others the way you want to be treated. It would be a better world, wouldn't it, if all the world would do that. We see just the opposite in the world. So set a goal to be like the Boy Scouts. And do a good deed each day. And even do better than that. Do a bunch of good deeds. Just simple things. You can start with that. And the more you do, the more blessings you're going to receive. You'll know that's true. And you have God's word on that. So let me ask you this. Are there any of you here who have not put on Christ in baptism? You know, that's, that's the best thing you can do. If you want to be an example for the world, you've got to start with yourself. And you've got to become a Christian. If you have needs and you've never become a Christian, this is the perfect time. Or if you are a Christian and you've gone astray, you're here with your family and those who love you. This would be the perfect time for you to come forward as we sing the invitation song.